Hello, welcome to Jays from Home. I haven't started this off in a little while, and it has been a fortnight since we last spoke, so it's I'm getting a, a little rusty already. But uh, welcome to Jays from Home. Remember to follow us on uh, the Twitter sphere at Jays from Home. And like I said, uh, we mentioned this at the end of the podcast, but I'll, I'll 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 say it from the top. We are recording every two weeks now, and here is my co-host Steve. Hi. Yeah, every two weeks right now because uh, it feels like, uh, right now anyways, the news is only coming every two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, for in, in, in hockey, uh, that seems to be the case for sure, <laughs> which was not what we were expecting when we said every two weeks uh, last time around. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, so uh, what do we do now? <laughs> well, um I I, th- I think we should probably talk about the baseball stuff since there's uh, there's been quite a lot coming out this week. Um, although the notes that I put down in there they are like barely baseball notes, so I, th- I think uh, uh, most of the stuff that I followed you've got on your list here. But uh, there's there's a lot to go through. So um, why don't we why don't we just start? Uh, why don't we start with home runs today? Because I've, I've okay. got one that, that you didn't have in your notes because probably you didn't see uh, a, a headline for this. Um, but my home run is that Canada is going to require athletes to be fully vaccinated to enter Canada as of January 15th. Um, previously, there was they, they had international exemptions or whatever, and... Um, as an example, uh, the reason this is, I think it's it's uh, it's not going to affect the NHL too much because the quote from the article I read is that the NHL elected not to seek out the exemption, citing how few of its athletes remained unvaccinated. So yeah, that, I think, I think, I think uh, Bettman said there was like four unvaccinated players. Yeah. So the wh- wh- how this ties into baseball directly uh, would be. The we we were talking last year a lot about how many players in Major League Baseball were unvaccinated, and you know there's only the one team in Canada for Major League Baseball. But do you think that this will uh, this will be something that will bump up the vaccination rate for MLB players? Maybe especially in the American League East. Oh, well, I certainly hope that's the case because uh, for a couple of reasons, um, the because. In the uh, doomsday scenario, they could decide that uh, the Jays can't play in Canada again. That would be the worst case scenario. Um, But, you know, um, if players decide not to change their stance on vaccinating, it could uh, provide like a competitive edge for the Blue Jays because, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you're not coming through through the border. But I I just get this feeling that there's just going to be some other loophole for athletes to uh, find their way through. Uh, if they're unvaccinated to play in North America, that's that's my my gut feeling to that news. I I don't think there'll be any loopholes because um, the, there's like it's it, there's no provision to say well if you provide a, a negative test within however long of coming in or going across the border uh, that you'll be exempt from it. So it, it, from what I read, it's basically you're either fully vaccinated. Or you can't come over and play. Um, what I don't know. What if it's a medical exemption from being vaccinated, though? What if you like? What if that like? Because I'm sure, like, not not necessarily for players, but that could be the case for players. But like, you know, there's some older coaches who might have like underlying medical conditions that prevent them from being vaccinated. What what about that situation? Well, I I don't want to go too far into that discussion because I don't know the uh, the full medical details. But my understanding is that there are very few actual medical exemptions that. Uh, qualify for you to skip getting the vaccine like it has to be I think there are some people I uh, out there that have autoimmune issues and that might be where there's exemptions but I I don't think that most of Major League Baseball falls under this uh, that kind of medical exemption 
Well, we'll, ha- well, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe with the new uh, uh, CBA uh, collective bargaining agreement uh, that will be signed hopefully before the start of the season, they will require all major league players to be vaccinated, and that'll be a moot point, as they say. Huh. That would that would actually be uh, an interesting, contentious issue on the CBA if that was like turned out to be the one thing that prevents them from signing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I doubt that'll I, I don't be the think case. That's gonna be the- that's, I don't think that's going to be the thing that that prevents them from signing. But, anyways, we can we can talk about that uh, in, in a little while later. Uh, my my home run um, is the uh, Jose Barrios uh, extension. They I was I was generally surprised to hear that news as it came out, and they've got um, you know a young pitcher locked up for uh, what was it six or seven years? Well, the extension was for seven years, so basically they have him for eight years because he was under contract for next year oh they bought out his free agent yeah yeah yeah. okay i got you i i think i i don't know the full details but i think i read something about there being some some options on either side in later years yeah yeah you know they're not like locked in locked in the last yeah an opt out after the last year or something but yeah so that's good news and like other other podcasts have said it um you know he was only in uh on the Blue Jays team in Toronto for like 50 games. And that convinced him to, to forego free agency and sign with, uh, sign with the Jays. Yeah. And I, I didn't see the press conference or, or watch or, or read it afterwards, but I did see some snippets coming out saying that he really enjoyed his time in Toronto. So, um, that's, that's good. Maybe news. it was a, a chance. Maybe it was a chance meeting with a fan in the elevator that really convinced him that put him <laughs> over the edge. I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I, I would think that would be that kind of meeting would probably be something to uh, to send him running away from Toronto. <laughs> well, you can't run away in an elevator. So. <laughs> um, but that's good news in terms of hearing a player say that specifically about Toronto. Like I, I know the whole the whole thing is like, well, they just signed a contract. Of course, they'd say that. But you know, he's giving that as one of the reasons for signing the extension so i mean if he didn't like being in toronto or at least with the blue jays he wouldn't say that and sign the extension yeah and he never experienced uh the 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 dark days of buffalo and dunedin either he was lucky to not have to deal with that (laughs) that's true (laughs) uh okay well um i have a i don't have a strikeout today because i i i mean there's probably enough news that I could probably pick out when we talk about it and pick a strikeout later. But I, my sacrifice is that Vlad was uh, almost unanimously second in the MVP voting. Um, I view that as good because people are, recognize that he had a great season. Uh, it's just neutral overall because he didn't win the MVP. But not that I was expecting him to, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll have an MVP award in his future. Um, yeah, no, and 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 also the fact that there were so many Blue Jays down ballots. You know, like Marcus Semyon was solidly in third place, and we had like Robbie Ray, Bo Bichette, Teoscar Hernandez getting votes. Like, obviously, they weren't in the running to win the MVP, but people recognized that they they provided a huge value for the team. Well, and when you say down ballot, is that just basically a, a writer throwing in a vote just for the heck of it? Well, like, no, because like, well, well, like they they vote first place, second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place, sixth place, seventh place, eighth place, ninth place. So you know, like Robbie Ray got some like whatever there was like eighth place votes. Like no, they didn't get any first, second, or third place votes, but they just got some some votes as like being like you know like the tenth most valuable player. So that's you know it's like in in a, a league with so many players. You know, a handful of Blue Jays were on that uh, final MVP oh, okay. top so, 10 ballot. So you know? it's not like it's not like a, a write-in vote for like a high school election. Gotcha. No, it's not. It's not. It's not homecoming prom king or whatever it is. <laughs> although, uh, although, although, with those tight pants, I think Robbie Ray would would win win uh, homecoming king. Um, especially, especially if he resigned with the Blue Jays. Well, he he did win an award though, uh, the Cy Young. Won the Cy, Cy Young Award, which was. Uh, uh, almost unanimously, I think there was one vote against him, uh, but he ran away with that, which was a little bit surprising because Garrett Cole, I thought, was like a, a big threat to to win that as well. So big competition. So so yeah, that was that's definitely. Oh, it was probably you know, a, a New York or or Boston voter that that voted for someone else then. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but but being that it's a Cy Young uh, pitching award, maybe that can be your strikeout for the week. 
in a positive way. No, I I don't think so. That's not a strikeout. Okay. Well, talking about awards, let me let me let me talk about my strikeout. Um, my strikeout is the fact that Charlie Montoyo didn't even finish in the final three for manager of the year. Um, I people just you know like the manager of the year is an award that usually people give to the team that is either, like either the the best team. Uh, which you know, uh, Kevin Cash won for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, so so that that he feel, fits that box right there. Or the most surprising team, which um, for the Giants it was uh, Gabe Kapler that uh, that that won. So that he he fits clicks that uh, box right there. But people didn't recognize just the challenges um, that Montoyo had to deal with uh, with this season. Like they had three different home ballparks. Um, you know, like there, there, there was, was constant bullpen, uh, just implosions. It's not his fault. Like it's not bullpen management. It's just bullpen performance that he had to deal with. And throughout the whole, the whole season, he kept things positive and the Jays were one game away from making it into the playoffs. Um, and, and it was it, overall, I think it was a very positive season. You can't, not every team can win the world series. Not every team can make the playoffs, but Charlie Montoyo, I think despite all, all the Twitter detraction and and hate on him i think that he deserved to be at the very least in the final three for manager of the year Mm. so so you're telling me they don't get participation awards in major league baseball no because then (laughs) you'd have to give an award to the to the baltimore orioles Uh, which i don't know maybe 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 they don't even you uh, have well you can only get a participation award if you show up so um well what if what if they did like you know you, you mentioned um teams uh, basically getting the coach of the year award for being like the best team in baseball. So what if it, a lot of that tends to be because of the players. So what if they had an official GM of the year award so that they can separate the best well, players from. A, they they do have a GM. I don't, I don't know if it's got an, an I don't see it, this on I, your I list that though. Alex, well, I, well, I didn't put it on my list, but I think Alex Anthopoulos might've won that or so either, it was either him or Farhan Zahidi that, that won for the giants. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up uh, or not. Cause we don't do research on this podcast, but uh, uh, there is a, there is a, a an executive or GM of the year award somewhere. I, yeah, I, I thought that was more like an unofficial award, I guess, like more terms of it's, it's like a front office only thing and not really part of the you know like Cy Young MVP coach of the year rookie of the year well, like, it's yeah, not no, part it's of those from awards it's from that. It's not, yeah it's not so a prestige, like, if you call those the prestige awards it's, it's not that yeah so then I would include that in those in that same category then then you'd have have someone looking at the team's performance and at- attaching it to the GM who's putting together the players and the coaching staff well, these days it's hard to even quantify that anymore because GMs aren't necessarily the uh, architect. It could be team president, could be you know many things. GM is 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 a title that's almost disappearing these days. Sometimes it's like chief baseball officer. I think is what Heim Bloom is for the for the Red Sox. Like it's they they're, they're just shifting titles in order to 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 keep player keep a keep uh, executives in the, so in the mix are, and, and block them from from uh moving to other teams are are you one of those fans then that are say, that uh contend that atkins and montoyo have absolutely no power and it's all all mark shapiro controlling everything no 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 i think i i like that sounds like he what you're saying. is the boss he's he he, he is the boss uh but atkins and definitely, like I think it's a collaborative effort for the Blue Jays for sure. Like I don't think that uh, Montoyo, uh, like he, th- I think he works with the team. He's not like one of those old school managers who says like it's my way or the highway. He definitely works with management and and their analytic department to to come up with strategies. And they have pre arranged and pre approved uh, game situations that they that uh, or game plans depending on the situation. All right. So, so the Blue Jays are are unique among baseball. Um, no, well, I wouldn't say that. They, they're, they're, this is, that's that's there's I, I, any any new team that that has a coach like like you know Bob Melvin for the for the Padres who just signed like he he knows the deal. Um, maybe maybe you know, Tony Larusa even for the White Sox I think has has had to buy into some uh, overall uh, organizational um, uh, game plan as well. Like I think maybe maybe the only ones that are left like. 
uh, would be um, uh, Terry uh, Tito Fancona for uh, for the uh, for, for the Guardians now. Um, there's not a lot of um, old school managers left in the game. All right, so well, let's, I wouldn't say there are any really. Let's uh, let's get back to the prestige awards. So we talked about Robbie well, Ray. Well, let me let me talk about my sacrifice if we're talking about awards. Then all right, all right. Because my 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 sacrifice is with all the awards and signings this week. Um, this might be all of the season act, uh, all the off season activity we see until uh, 2022. Uh, the, you know, like so, we better in, enjoy it and, and take all this in as much as we can because uh, come December 2nd, when the CBA expires, um, teams aren't going to be able to to sign uh, free agents, uh, major league free agents, and they're not going to be able to to make trades and because because the players will be locked out and nobody's going to want to make a signing until a new CBA is agreed upon so they know what the uh, financial situation looks like going forward. That's that's a good point. Well, so let's let's continue then with the awards. So Robbie Ray, AL Cy Young, um, Corbin, Corbin Burns, Burns is for the, the NL Milwaukee Burns. Our, our B team. So other than the fact that they didn't win the World Series, we picked a pretty good B team this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they, I they picked a well. pretty good B team. Yeah, I guess you were in charge of picking them. Yeah, uh, we, 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 we nominated some teams and you picked it. So we'll have to see who you pick next year for the B team. But we'll, that's that's the way down the road. Um, well, let's, let's go off the top. Let's go from the top here. Um, Vladdy, he won the uh, AL Hank Aaron Award for the top hitter uh, in the league. So that, that that's obvious that he would win that one right um yeah i guess so i mean i that's that's uh pretty good then if he can't win the mvp for him to to take home a lot of different awards and and uh best hitter award is pretty good that's a well recent recent award right like that hasn't been in the league very long um i that's a good question let's just take a quick look to see here hank well, Aaron. I mean, it, I I feel like, uh, especially with a name like Hank Aaron Award. I well, mean, they may have renamed it. They may it may have been around for for a while, but uh, it's it, it was introduced to me in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, okay, that's that's a lot. Uh, that's not as recent as I that's thought. Recent. Well, that's pretty. That's still pretty recent, though. I would I, say that's along the same lines as the Maurice Richard Trophy in in hockey. It was released in the latter part of. Uh, the 20th century and and was for the top score uh stop top goal, score. goal scorer so um that's uh that's pretty good i I've, i'm glad though that it's uh it's got a a name that i can recognize and that most fans yeah. know <laughs> yeah hank aaron is a pretty uh household name if you're a baseball fan um by the way, if you're looking for some off-season baseball reads, his the biography by Howard Bryant uh, about Hank Aaron is a very good read. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, for MVP, uh, Shohei Otani uh, won for the AL, which I predicted Not in my season prediction I, back in back in uh, March. Well, we so did I, but we can't claim that as a as a win I don't, because no, I don't, almost I don't everybody. They, did you predict that? Did you predict that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, Bryce Harper won uh, for the NL. My prediction on the NL side, by the way, was Juan Soto, and he was in the top three uh, So um, about Bryce Harper and Shohei Otani, so neither of them went to the playoffs. But is um, – now, I guess this is asking you to do some research, so maybe you, you'll just have a simple answer for me. But is it is this like kind of an outlier year where the MVP winners are on non-playoff teams? Or at least both of them are? Both. For both, yes, it's definitely an outlier year. Um, I think on the Effectively Wild podcast a few months ago, they had talked about that. Um, I don't know what the numbers are. I think like back into the 80s. Uh, oh, yeah, I think it was like Andre Dawson and when uh, George Bell. Andre Dawson and George Bell may have been the last time that two non-playoff team uh, MVPs on both sides uh, won. I think that might be the uh, case. Uh, so yeah, definitely a rarity. I think that um, it's mo- it might be more of a signaling to the trend that um, voters are willing to are, are more willing to un- to to uh, accept a player's value even if he's not a, a on a playoff team because I think it's sh- sh- Vladdy and you know Marcus Semyon, Shohei Otani, Bryce Harper, right? Like the Phillies were close to the playoffs, yeah. but they all showed that they are important players to their team. And 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 Juan Soto, they were far away from the playoffs, and he made it to the top three. You know, Tatis, I think was the other was the other guy on the NL side. 
the Padres didn't make the playoffs. They were close, but uh, I think I think uh, voters are just uh, seeing the overall value of players more and, and understanding. For even even though we're talking most valuable player, it doesn't necessarily have to be a playoff uh, contending. Yeah, team. I think I was I, I was kind of talking about that a little earlier. Uh, or a few, you know, while we were still in the season and talking about MVP voting and stuff. And I think I kind of was thinking along those same lines that, um, you know, it's, it's the most valuable player to the team. Um, and it doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have to be a playoff team. I think I was kind of trying to say that if you took Vladdy off the Blue Jays, that they were still a good team, but you know, you couldn't really take Otani away from, from the angels and, well, I, I think taking the, a player away from the team doesn't 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 uh, diminish that player's value. I, th- I think that you're, you like it's not just a matter of taking a player off the team because you can't. If one player is not going to make the difference for a, for like a winning season or not. Maybe like in one for like a one or two game difference, but you can't just say take a player off the team and I, and. I and guess that maybe will, maybe nowhere. the other way to look at it too is uh, if you took that player who was voted most valuable player and you put him on any team you would instantly make that team better is well yeah i think i think making teams better rather than if you take it take away his contributions i think you got to look in the in the the positive uh aspect of that rather than than just taking him off the team because we we, every every player wants every team wants wants to have an mvp caliber player well, well, yeah. Every team wants to and be the in the playoffs have like too. So six or seven. So, <laughs> um, well, actually, um, that's just speaking of the MVP for a second, because uh, I, I have another note that just came to me about the uh, MVP, and I'll get there in a second. But um, I guess that kind of maybe it, it's not a new thing, but it maybe strikes me that uh, the players themselves they're not really focused on being the MVP. Uh, they want to get in the playoffs first. I mean, that's probably right. obvious, but like I'm sure in the past, in some way, the players wanted to make sure that they're the MVP, and that's their their focus. I don't know. Some well, players like, maybe players like A Rod or Manny Ramirez. Yeah. That's that's definitely has been the case in the past for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a change from years past. Because uh, there are there are there are players who are out there for themselves, and and that's 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 okay, I guess, if they need to do that. But uh, I think that uh, you you seen this year especially that the more successful teams on the whole are are the like when you look top to top to sorry top to bottom. Um, the, when they play as a team, they are more successful. Like the Atlanta proved that, and, and Toronto is is showing just like how successful they can be. You know, despite having three different home fields and, and, a, and a bullpen that that was that was leaky at best, they they stayed together and they stayed positive, and they and they were really a, a strong team. Everybody liked each other. The chemistry was there. So I think this uh, showed uh, this season, especially that that aspect. Right. Uh, so my last note about the MVP was just that I, th- I think Bryce Harper's win is well-deserving because even though I don't pay a lot of attention to baseball news outside of Toronto, I did hear a lot about Bryce Harper throughout the season. So uh, I think that's that's a good sign that uh, he's a, a pretty good player and, and deserving of, of uh, all the votes. Like I think the news, the stuff that I was hearing was just basically how he was doing such a great job with the Phillies. Whereas like, you know, you're hearing a lot about, uh, about the younger players like, uh, Juan Soto and, uh, Tatis Jr. Um, but they were specifically highlighting Bryce Harper as like a standout player. So, well, um, I, th- I think, I think for the past like five years, uh, writers, critics have been, uh, underestimating Bryce Harper. They've been kind of like saying, oh, he's a bust. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. But then everybody's like this, this year, especially everybody's kind of taken a step back and looked at it and it's like, oh wait, he's probably, if he keeps this pace up and he's probably a hall of famer, he's probably on a hall of fame trajectory at this point. Yeah. So, uh, Bryce Harper, good player. That's, uh, I've seen him play in person. Um, so, uh, more, more awards though. And the blue Jays have, uh, a pile of these, the silver slugger awards for Um, the best hitter at at each position. So three blue Jays, right? Yeah. Vladdy, Marcus Semyon, and Teoscar. 
uh, all won the Silver Slugger Awards. Uh, and this, I guess, the second straight Silver Slugger for uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, I mean, not a, not a big surprise, I guess, given the seasons that they had, especially Simeon. He, I think, you know, he's... Uh, I, I of the Blue Jays, t- um, aside from Vlad, I think Simeon probably had the best best year at the plate of all of them. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's that's taken into account like other factors. So that's why I said like Vladdy aside. But anyway, well, Teosk- no, but Teoscar Hernandez had an amazing year at the plate. Um, he missed like a week or two because of COVID. Uh, if if without that. You know, like his numbers could have been even even better. Uh, he could have been closer to forty home runs. So, you know, and he may have been up even higher on the on that MVP ballot. Uh, so, so don't don't uh, discount what uh, Teoscar Hernandez did for the Jays as well. Well, I I did name him uh, my home run player at the start of the year as the I most think important that player. Before. Yep, because uh, <laughs> I, I keep being right about it, so I, I gotta gotta keep bringing that up. Uh, so Simeon though also won a Gold Glove, and that's again for best defensive player at each position, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Bobichette was up for Gold Glove. No, no, no. Sorry, no, he was up for Silver Slugger. I think. Um, he wasn't up for Gold Glove. Um, I, I forget what Jay, uh, was it maybe Lourdes Gurriel for left field. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking silver. I'm getting a mix up with with the Silver Sluggers. I think because because for Silver Slugger could have very well uh, won uh, the award for short shortstop position. He had he had a, a great year. Um, but yeah, Semyon wins the Gold Glove, um, and the St. Louis Cardinals pretty much won the rest of the Gold Gloves in the in, in the NL. I think they had like five Gold Glovers on on their uh, their their team. They had um, Nolan Arenado, who uh, won the Platinum Glove, by the way, for the uh, NL as the best defender. Um, who else? They had uh, I think Canadian uh, Tyler is it Tyler O'Neill one for one in I think left field. Um, their first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt, won. Who else? They had the second baseman won, I think, and somebody else. They, they, um, yeah, maybe the. I'm not sure who everybody who won for the Cardinals, but they had five Gold Glove uh, winners. Well, I guess it's too bad for the Cardinals that they didn't have any Silver Sluggers to go along with the Gold Gloves. Uh, <laughs> just a <laughs> Platinum Glove. Well, we might as well keep going through the awards. There's another note here. You have. Um, but oh, we'll, Carlos we'll get, we'll won to it. Platinum, yeah, platinum glove for the for the AR. So, so and so yeah, platinum glove is overall defense, not position based. Best defender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, so Randy Rosarina for the AL, which I again, that's a name I heard a lot from the Rays. Well, uh, I'm not he surprised was, he about that. The, he 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 kind of came on the scene in the World Series last year. So like he basically had like almost like two seasons worth of eligibility oh yeah that's here. right because it wasn't <laughs> also even if he started playing late last year it wasn't a full season so it's it's based on number of games played like in service time yeah, right exactly yeah. yeah and jonathan india for the uh reds who i've won, never heard uh, of before oh uh, well if you listen to, to lots of podcasts like i do you'll you'll hear his name come up quite often i think he was a shortstop uh for the for the reds um so yeah they won the rookie of the year awards um you know um uh, uh what's his name for the Jays, uh, 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 Manoa, Alec Manoa. Uh, he, I think if he had a full season worth of, of pitching, he might've been a higher contender, but uh, I don't think he, he, was yeah, he didn't have enough innings list. basically. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think if he, if he was a position player and came up when he did, he might've had a chance, but not as a pitcher. I thought you were going to bring up, uh, Eric Hinsky as the, uh, Blue Jays, uh, as a previous Blue Jays rookie of the year winner. And just because I was going to go to the direction of, well, hopefully they can keep it up because I remember the Rookie of the Year award does not always translate directly to success. No, no, but um, uh, it's it, it can, though. <laughs> uh, I, I believe uh, uh, Ichiro, uh, he won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year when uh, when he started uh, in like 2001 or whatever it was. Um but yeah, so so those those are the rookie of the years. Um, we had the platinum we, we managed manager the er, mentioned manager yeah. of the year already. We oh, and let's, let's mention there. a Hall of Fame here. Dan Dan yeah, Schulman is in the Canadian next. Baseball Hall of Fame. He yeah, was, it was uh, a specific uh, award. I think you have here. 
Uh, let's see. Let's stick on this link here and see what it says. Yeah, that's it what was I'm doing the as well. like I think like a special broadcasting uh, award, the uh, Jack Graney Award winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was nom- he was inducted, not nominated, inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame uh, on Tuesday. Um, so that that's that's you know he's I think we're very lucky to have Dan Schulman broadcasting uh, Blue Jays baseball games. Yeah, because he was doing ESPN games full time for so long before he decided to come back to Canada to work. Uh, more yeah. more often so that's that's pretty cool I, and i wonder if a chance meeting um outside of the the rogers center with a with, with a random fan helps push him over the edge <laughs> to win that award well i i don't know did did we i would say more maybe talking to the uh to someone from the canadian baseball hall of fame but i don't think we ever talked about dan shellman so <laughs> no, we we maybe we should have. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and not an award, I guess, but um, a a note you put in here, Gabriel Moreno, uh, Blue Jays, Gabriel, catch- Gabriel, Gab- Blue Jays catching prospect. Um, so he, we already know, like we've been watching him the past little while, and I say we as in Blue Jays fans in general, because. Uh, I'm just going based on what other podcasts are saying. Uh, he's pretty good catching prospect for the Blue Jays, but uh, Baseball America apparently calling him the best prospect in the game. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, what did they say? Let's just click on this little picture here. It says, um, yeah, they're just saying Gabriel. This is from Baseball America with prospect Gabriel Marino continuing to express impress. Baseball America recently called him the clear-cut best prospect in the Arizona Fall ah, League. So okay. it's in the Fall League, not 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 majors, but he's close. He's up there. I um, I so do yeah, like they, though it, in that in that paragraph that they mention that the the Blue Jays catchers that they have in the major leagues, they say they're all capable big league catchers, and that's sort of like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. They uh, they but, can but, play in the major leagues. That's that's what's good. That's what they can say about them. The interesting thing though is that. Um, is that uh, people are saying that he's likely to be called up. We're likely to see him like before the end of the first half of of the season. So what's going to happen? They've like that. That's going to make four uh, major league base major league uh, catchers that the Jays have on their roster. So who's who's going to be the odd man or men out? Yeah, good question. I I think that um, I think we've talked before about Kirk being included in trade rumors. I think Kirk is going to be the one to go i would agree with that just because i just wonder about his longevity and how good of a defensive catcher he really is like i wonder if he if he uh kind of projects more as a a, more more of a dh catcher with heavy on well yeah i guess i guess that's the kind of where i'm going like sell high on him when his offensive numbers are really good and uh and he has the high value just you know, if you have a, a good prospect in Moreno and, you know, and a good defensive options to, and, and I mean, even Jansen isn't bad offensively. Like he picked it up at the end of the year. So yeah, they have, I, I think Kirk is probably the best trade asset that the Blue Jays have in the catching position. He's probably out. Yeah. That's what I think. Now, who, who, who would you want to see them target with Kirk a third baseman like like uh Ramirez Jose Ramirez for the for the now Cleveland Guardians or or you want to see them try to get like a starting pitcher or like I think uh the Reds have a couple of guys Sonny Gray and and I think I forget his first name but Castillo uh Luis or I forget his first name but uh, Sonny Gray and Castillo are are said to be on the block because the Reds are another team that are seemingly selling uh this offseason well I I I can see it going both ways. I think probably starting pitching, but um, only because I think that the Blue Jays have the depth in the infield to develop or to get someone at third base from within the organization if it's one or the other. Um, at the same time, I you would like to see the Blue Jays not have to be developing an infielder at this stage. They should have their, their lineup. Yeah. But um, well, it's, they, it's they hard traded to say. away their developing infielder for uh for for Barrios. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, eh? Yeah. But anyway, so I I th- I think I think they'll probably if I were to look at it logically, 
that the Blue Jays are probably going to go for third baseman first before starting pitcher because they just locked up Rios. Because they're spending the money, they spent the money on starting pitching right now. So next move would be for a position player, and then they'll probably spend a little less on on pitching. Is my that's my guess. Uh, so so here's here's some some player news. Um, Joaquin Soria has uh, announced his retirement. Yeah, uh, a, I guess that's not really surprising. Uh, he was older. an older player, and I don't think he was probably coming back to the Blue Jays anyways. He was an expiring contract, right, that they picked up? Yeah, well, and I, and, and I hope uh, a, a chance encounter with a fan in the elevator didn't uh, didn't uh, create that, that <laughs> retirement idea for him. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I, I think, again, that's probably more likely to send him out of uh, Toronto than to keep him here. So uh, let's see. Um, oh yeah. I, I sent you this, that apparently the blue Jays sent were in on uh Syndergaard who ended up going to the angels. Um, yeah. Serious contenders. I, I don't think so. They probably put an offer out there and thought they'd see if they could land him, but I don't think that they would he be signed- serious contenders. He signed for like something like twenty one million, and I feel like I'm maybe I'm just making this up in my mind, but maybe they offered twenty. Yeah, I think uh, it was twenty, at least twenty million. And I, I've, I think if if they were to say they were serious contenders, because they have to offer usually have to offer a little higher to get free agents in Toronto, they probably would have had to offer like maybe twenty five million plus if he signed for twenty one. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, good, good, good question as to how much they would actually have to take to sign him but uh yeah like I, I, who knows how how serious they were but like it's always like if the play if a player is 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 choosing between two teams and one team is in the states and one team has mike trout and shohei otani on it that's that's pretty <laughs> tempting yeah i guess that's true but one team has vladimir guerrero jr and teoscar hernandez yeah. so yeah, that's true. And they were his the, the Blue Jays. Uh, he used to be a Blue Jay. He was traded uh, for. Well, yeah, Dickey. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why he didn't sign with the Blue Jays. Different management, maybe, but <laughs> maybe, maybe, but we'll, we'll never know. Uh, um, all right. So this so this one. This... What's that? Oh well, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Well, um, your your note here about CBA news, just really quickly. Um, I I read this completely wrong the first time. Um, oh. I, I kind of left out some key words when I was reading it, and I saw um, owners replacing algorithm. So I was wondering if they're trying to pitch that they were going to replace uh, some players or some sort of thing within the game with an algorithm. Uh, but that's, yeah, it's just going to be the computer and anim- uh, computer uh, uh, computer. What, what's the word? Computer artificial intelligence. Yeah, they're, they're just going to they're just going to run the games on a computer. Um, no, so they, they, I guess what they wanted to do was like use um, fan graph war to determine value on players uh, in in arbitration, which um, is not a, a like. I guess what people are saying is that Fangraph War is not a complete, um, I guess, uh, well, complete way to, to to rate a player. I, and, I'm going to say I'm going to guess that it's probably more advantageous to the owners to use uh, like an algorithm because they can probably, in a lot of cases. Uh, underpay players based on well that's the, the idea that's the idea <laughs> that's their yeah. their general mo i would say um and yeah like it's and i tweeted this be, uh when, when i when i saw this is like good luck for the players when they ask exactly how that algorithm is calculated for the to, from the owners like because uh but if they're just if they're just using fan graphs war as the as as the the meter, I, I guess you could say, um, it's not a complete way to do it. People are saying like like I guess it doesn't fully value maybe I think defensive uh, value, and it also doesn't really factor in like relief pitchers aren't aren't really uh, valued. Their value isn't isn't uh, seen as well in Fangraphs War. So it's just like an, an incomplete way of valuing players, which is I'm sure how 
owners prefer it anyway. Yeah, and it's and it's probably presented as oh, this is more fair because it's based on numbers and not on uh, on intangible arguments. Yeah, uh, and I think players prefer to argue their value yeah. worth rather than just use like a a, a hard set gauge. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned uh, Cleveland earlier, or you mentioned Cleveland earlier, and that they are officially the Guardians. Uh, I think that was a delay because there were some naming rights issues related to Well, there was, there was a roller derby uh, team in Cleveland. There is a roller derby team, team in Cleveland called the Guardians, and they were kind of in a, in a legal battle with them uh, right up to the wire, and they both decided to, that they can both use the uh, Cleveland Guardians name. Well, isn't, isn't that nice of them? That's uh, yeah. nice that they, yeah. they worked it out. I don't and, think and that they, there'll be they, much confusion between the two sports. No, well, yeah. Unless, unless, unless the, the agreement was that uh, the Cleveland would start wearing uh, rollerblades to run the bases. Well, they don't wear, wear rollerblades in roller derby. They wear, wear roller skates. Yeah, and, you know, are. maybe if if Cleveland skates through the competition in the AL Central, maybe they will be seen as a, <laughs> a ro- roller derby. But um, I was going to say, like, uh, they, they opened the, their, their team store on uh, Friday to, to sell their merch. And I guess the sign, uh, the, the, the new Cleveland Guardian sign, uh, fell down. They had to... <laughs> They had to re, re, re put it up. They they needed some uh, guardians to uh, guard their their signage. Um, so uh, and then and then last notes related to uh, uniforms. Uh, you sent this to me yesterday or the day before. Kansas City has some new uniforms, and uh, I, I took a look at them. I was a little confused as to how they're going to use them. Like it looks like these are mostly alternate uniforms. Well, they've got. Um two i guess kind of kind of color alternates and then a gray and a white i'm uh, just opening up the the little link right well, now it, it, so and, like you mentioned the block letters and i, I agree those yep. look good but they also seem to still have like the standard royals uh yeah that's letter. that's for the, the the home jerseys the the royal yeah. and, and the alternate um i, I think that they're going to use the block letters um for the for the uh, away and they're going to use the cursive royals for home i think maybe that's what the plan is for that okay well th- those those look pretty good i think there were also on that uh mlb article that you sent they also have like some little buttons you can click to show what the some of the changes are and i think they made some minor yeah. minor changes yeah to, some like, minor changes letter like what, what outlines. I was reading, yeah yeah i was reading um uh, uh, I think Paul Lucas's blog, and yeah, there's the, there's no letter outlines, and then the, the the striping, the piping around the sleeves is thicker. I think those are the main differences. Yeah. I, some people kind of think it's kind of Paul Lucas. I think he said it looks kind of boring, but I I, I like the sim- simplicity of it. Um, I, I I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for for block letters on a jersey, simple block letters. I don't I mean, maybe it's kind of a bit of a throwback kind of look that I like. You know what though? It, the other part of it too is is I I like them too, but part of that is because uh, we've we've seen over the the season that um, some of the cursive fonts they don't look they don't translate very well when they're across a button front. So sometimes the letters look incorrect. Speaking of like button Minnesota. Front, though, Apparently, the A in Kansas City uh, is split on by the buttons. Like, well, so is so is the O in Toronto, and that looks like occasionally like you're wearing a Toronto Blue Jays jersey. Well, that's how we pronounce it in Canada. <laughs> um, a. So I've I have one more note, and this isn't really it doesn't really fit with baseball or hockey, but it's because it's it's not just hockey; it covers more than one sport. But I, I think it's more related to baseball because uh, there's fields in baseball, like guaranteed rate field and like other weird sounding like corporate sponsor names. So what I saw was that the Staples Center in L.A., which is home to the L.A. Kings and L.A. Lakers uh, and a lot of big music concerts, among other things, they signed a 20 year deal to rename Staples Center to the Crypto.com Arena. So yeah, so I, I well, wonder I, if we'll see some more uh, cryptocurrency related names in baseball fields. Yeah, well, well, the thing is, um, Shohei Otani recently—I I forget which crypto—he was uh, become the, the the face of, but he signed a, as as being like the the spokesperson for some crypto company. But uh, so so cryptocurrency, you know, is is basically you know just just confusing. Sh- 
confusing money laundering values goes up and down. You know, what? I so, see I see Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency ATMs in stores all over the place. It's it's yeah. uh it's a little crazy. Um, but I so here's here's a question for you. One last question related to this: What will we see first for a, a stadium naming deal? Will it be a cryptocurrency or a gambling website? Mm, well, we've seen a <laughs> cryptocurrency stadium. No, no, for, for baseball stadium. Yeah, baseball stadium. This Staples um, Center is not a baseball stadium. Well, you know what? I'm going to go out there and say gambling because here's what's going to happen. Um, and I didn't mention this in our show notes, but um, Oakland recently purchased um, land in Las Vegas. So either they're <laughs> going to sell it back to um, MLB to uh, to to use for for like to, to profit from for if they ever expand to Las Vegas, or they're going to move the team themselves to Las Vegas. So they're going to they're going to be in a stadium, and it's going to be like you know the MGM Grand uh, Casino and Stadium of baseball park or whatever. They, I, I think that's different. A, a casino name is, is different. I think than uh, than I mean, a betting website, like, uh, like what they've been advertising on, well, on maybe, TV. Maybe. So maybe. the bet 99.net, uh, Memorial field or something. I don't know. <laughs> Memorial. So what does that mean that the website died? <laughs> uh, okay. So blue Jays still not playing next week. Um, oh. let's, uh, Let's go to uh, Senators talk. Uh, uh, there's there's not a lot, so we can we can breeze through this pretty quick, I think. So, um, as we mentioned at the top, not a lot of games going on because uh, there were three games this week were postponed due to COVID. I think the last time we talked, there were actually there were at least eight players in the COVID protocol when two weeks ago. So were there. Yeah, so um, I think at one point it got as high as nine. So half the team was uh, not playing due to COVID protocol. So the league finally stepped in and canceled or postponed, sorry, the three games against the Devils, Predators, and Rangers. Uh, So they only played in the last two weeks four games, which is not a small number. Like sometimes they only play like two games a week or whatever. But uh uh, I did not update the record on here, so they are not three seven and one. I think they have four wins because they beat Pittsburgh, which is the game that I went to six to three, which um oh well for starters did not did, get did, any. Did Paul Sidney Inca. Crosby play that game? I don't think so. I like I I was close enough to see player names, and I I did not see Crosby on the ice like, because I heard he was injured. But but more importantly, you said no Paul Anka was played. Correct. Um, oh, so that was, that was actually a really fun game to watch. Not like from the hockey standpoint, like Ottawa scored four straight goals in the second period. Um, and which is great because the, we were sitting on the home side. So we saw, we only saw the senators shooting against Pittsburgh in the second period. Um, and they ended up, they gave up, uh, three goals in the third period but they ended up winning still five to three uh the last six to three six to three sorry the and the last goal being uh um an empty empty net net goal and i think drake batherson got uh two goals i don't think he got a hat trick in that game it was it was close because i think i'm thinking the hat trick game of that that one game we talked about before where there were it was against Washington where there were two hat tricks and Drake Batherson got one. But uh, that game, actually the, the best part of that game from a hockey standpoint is we got to see uh, Tim Stutzla's first goal of the season. Oh, that's right. And that was, that was a pretty good goal. And his reaction afterwards was, was very nice. Unfortunately, he hasn't had a goal since, but they also have only played one goal since then. Um, the the actual in game experience was was pretty good. They they are doing a good job of getting people in through the doors pretty quickly to go through the vaccination screening process. Um, it's uh, it's pretty smooth. Like we had a few delays getting into the game, but we still were there right for the puck drop. And uh, and I think they had issues at the beginning of the year with low staff. They still are understaffed, but you know, concessions moved really quickly. I mean, we tend not to go during the intermission. We go to like TV timeouts and it's a lot quicker. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good experience overall. And 
um, good news, speaking of the COVID protocol, is that uh, they had at least five straight days of negative tests, and there was, I think they should have resumed practice by yesterday. But the, yeah, and the fact that uh, I think I would say that all the players who were on COVID protocol were vaccinated. So, yeah. like, if you're vaccinated... And Zaitsev like, got... The turnaround time is, is quicker. Yeah, Zaitsev already got COVID last year, too. So he was vaccinated and already had COVID. So, uh-huh. um, But uh, the headline yesterday was that uh, eight players had been removed from COVID protocol. So it sounds That's like good. they're going to... I I haven't seen it officially, but I imagine that they're going to be playing Monday. So tomorrow. They're, in, they're out west next week, so I probably won't be watching any of the games unless they're afternoon games, but they are in Colorado tomorrow, according to the schedule. Hey, you know what? A year, sorry, not a year, seven years ago at this, uh, on this date, I was also in Colorado. So, so there, there you go. That's not hockey. It wasn't for (laughs) hockey. It was just to visit Krista while she was studying, but uh, that was a a very memorable trip for me. Colorado was a great place, underrated place to to visit. If you ask, ask me. So I think Um, the senators will have a great time. So, so the biggest, because they didn't play at all, um, the the biggest senators news or discussion this week was uh it was based on the fact that Marion Hosa a former Ottawa Senators uh he was inducted into the Hall of Fame uh yeah so uh the big discussion is was all about whether Alfredson was is a Hall of Famer or should deserving of being in the Hall of Fame and i think that came out primarily because of an intermission discussion with Bruce Garriock who said um, that the Sedins were locks to get into the Hall of Fame. But why wouldn't Alfredson be? Because he has more points than the two of them combined. Well, here's here's my my um, thought on this. And we had this discussion, I think, was it last podcast where we were talking about how uh, because Ottawa doesn't get a lot of uh, hockey night in Canada, like primetime uh, air time, uh, that, you know, they, they aren't uh, in everybody's kind of, front of mind when it comes to, to uh, hockey and everything. So I wonder if the fact that, you know, like, because like Ottawa's just kind of, kind of set aside from other franchises, almost uh, people don't think about, you know, Alfie and they haven't thought, thought about Alfie in that, that way uh, historically. Well, the, the, that part of it is different um, because apparently the all-star voting process, it's basically a whole bunch of people sitting around a table. Hall of Fame, you mean? <laughs> Uh, Hall of Fame, yes. Yeah. Uh, people sitting around a table and advocating for their choices. And I think what the problem is, is that the Senator's organization in general, like the organization itself, doesn't do a good job of promoting its players and, and its cases for Hall of Fame. But one thing that was noted was apparently, I think it's for 2022 or 2023. Anyway, Pierre Maguire, who is now a Senator's executive, is on a selection committee for the Hall of Fame. So it's it's possible that uh, we'll get a bit more exposure for the senators. But I, Unless I think, Melnick decides that he, he doesn't want uh, Alfie to be in the in the Hall of Fame and, and, and instructs Pierre Maguire to, to, to just sit on his hands. Yeah, I don't know. But um, the, the other thing, uh, just in general, about uh, the lack of exposure for the senators' brand, I don't think that's a... That was definitely an issue, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago when most of the exposure people were getting were on TV broadcasts. But now I think the, you know, people can get access to the players anywhere now. And I think that's not that people will hear about players like Tim Stutzla or uh, Drake Batherson without having the league or the team having to push them. Yeah. Yeah. but that wasn't the case when 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 Danny Alfredson was was a player. Yes, but now though, that's the the organiz- organization's responsibility is to make the case for Alfredson. And a lot of senators writers this, the last two weeks have been making cases for Alfredson. So Ian Mendez yeah. and uh, Graham Nichols they've all wrote some kind of piece about uh, Alfredson being a Hall of Famer. Well, it's gonna it's gonna take more than two weeks of a campaign to get him into the Hall of Fame. But this, well, it's, yes. it's a start. It's yeah. a start. So, um, the, so that, that's that's it. Yeah, I, I actually it, had one it. more small note that I I saw. I didn't put it in the notes, but it's just a hockey related thing. I saw that uh, apparently the league has has met or will meet with the Quebec Premier uh, about uh, a return to ho- to Quebec for the Nordiques. 
So that's uh, something to keep an eye out for. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool um, uh, hockey road trip to take too, to go go to uh, see a hockey game in, in Quebec City. Yeah, um, and Quebec City in general is also very nice. We went there a couple of years ago on the way to New Brunswick. It's a very nice city. I've been there, but I can't really remember the city itself. Like it's you know back when I was a kid or whatever. Yeah, well, it's it's nice. Their downtown area is uh, very historic. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's it for the the sends. Uh, hopefully this week uh, they'll 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 enjoy their trip to Colorado at the very least. Yeah. Well, they are going to be in California as well. So if they don't enjoy Colorado, then they'll have some fun in three different California cities. <laughs> maybe, maybe they can go um, uh, invest in some crypto when they hit LA. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so we have some podcast notes uh, this week. Um, Krista was was we were talking about uh, uh, feeding children last uh, last episode, and Krista said that evolutionary kids are programmed to like sugars and uh, and starches because they provide more energy per bite. So if food is scarce, each bite needs to have as many calories as possible. I guess evolutionary because uh, food is not definitely not scarce over here. Oh yeah, we were talking <laughs> about. Uh, why uh, vegetable vegetables were not usually a popular flavor or taste with uh, with children? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so they definitely like their sugars. Uh, Leo uh, for breakfast this morning asked for pancakes, and we got him some uh, chocolate blueberry uh, pancakes, which I don't think he ate very much of actually. But <laughs> he had Captain Crunch as as an appetizer. So, eh, I, I remember we had lots of Captain Crunch growing up. That was, it's a pretty good cereal. I don't know if it's as That's good as it used one to be. Cereal of all time i have um i have uh my, my sister-in-law kimmy has 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 purchased some uh uh, uh christmas crunchberry i think it is uh captain crunch uh, uh, for me that she saw at the grocery store i thought so you I, were gonna I'm say really she, awaiting that. i thought you were gonna say she purchased shares in, in captain crunch or something i don't know well actually captain crunch now has a cryptocurrency oh of course they do yeah is it's it, called uh, uh, crunchberry it's crunchberry and <laughs> uh okay so I I again don't have a strikeout for my personal stuff this week. I was I was putting this together the other day and I was I was trying to think of uh of a strikeout to list but I I just couldn't come up with anything. I I mean, I had uh, a pretty good couple of weeks. Like one of those weeks I had I was off work. I was off work for 10 days in total, so it's hard to find a strikeout with that uh, kind of timeline. So you had you had a good good couple of weeks at the plate then it seems. <laughs> I guess so. So what, so why do, don't I'll, you go with a, a strike yeah, game? My strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while you were enjoying uh the hockey game last week, I was um I we I ordered takeout for supper that night. Um and Leo did eat the takeout. Uh but I've discovered the hard way two times in a row that Greasy food and Leo do not um, mesh well together because he vomited all over the couch. So my strikeout this week are nooks and crannies because it is difficult to scoop out stuff from between the, the cushions. So and and so yeah, not 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 a not a good Saturday night for me. While you were watching the puck drop, I was scooping chunks off of the couch and, and, and trying to get that that bad smell out it was it was not a good good time so uh solution for you is you need to get a new couch now so burn the uh, old that, one that is yeah we are definitely uh thinking about it because uh as of a week later you can still smell it a little bit i've been trying to like spray the the the, the um vinegar and water mixture on it but i haven't really remembered to do that and, it, and eventually that just goes away and, and the vomit smell comes back but well, that's, uh, that's actually something we'll be looking into in the. In that the, sounds really <laughs> similar to to the last when we've had like skunk spray around the house. Like that smell just takes forever to go away. But um, yeah, so I have a sacrifice related to my ten days off of work. Um, just being on vacation and not working and not really paying attention to the calendar. It it feels like it it. I mean, it, again, neutral because it's great being off work uh, and taking time off. But it feels like it, it took a chunk out of November. So it went from uh, the first week of November to all of a sudden we're at the end of November now. Like, I don't know where the, the time went, but it, it just disappeared. It got sucked into some sort of black hole and, and is gone. Maybe time, time does not disappear. It just moves forward. Um, <laughs> yeah. You spent a quarter of the, of, of, of the month on vacation, it seems. And I've got two more, three more vacation days. At least uh, I got two Monday and Tuesday, and then another one on Monday. I, I've got a lot of vacation I got to use use up. I, I I I do not 
get vacation days. <laughs> well, I, I guess it, it you do kind of need to have a job to get vacation days from a job. So, yes, yes. When 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 the kids have school, it it, it makes my 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 role. I'm not going to call it a job, but my role as parent uh, that much more difficult because you know usually just the weekends I I, I have. Uh, Leo and Bo at home, but now with Leo at preschool, it's usually just one on one, which is a fair fair fight uh, with 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 Bo. <laughs> All right, what's your sacrifice for this um, this week? Well, we've been watching because it's November. We've been watching a lot of those Hallmark movies, um, and I don't I wouldn't say that this sacrifice uh, is is specific to Hallmark movies, but it's definitely something that I've noticed with these movies in in general is that you see actors sipping their coffee cups uh but you can always tell they're, that empty. they're empty yeah you can always tell that they're empty like put something in it put a liquid in well, there because they it, they it, hold them like to the side almost like almost to the point yeah. where it should be spilling out of the top i know yeah, I, so, this is this is definitely observable uh i don't know if you've watched the tv show gilmore girls but they drink a lot of they they drink a lot of coffee in that show and most of the time it looks like the coffee cups are empty and they are they are just waving them around and they should be spilling coffee all over the place but they they yep, just they've got, they've got to have some resistance with the liquid inside but yeah see you yes. you understand my point the empty coffee cups um is my my sacrifice and 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 from there I'll I'll just go straight to my my error for the week because it it falls into into that um because it's to do with food um Krista and I had a lunch date uh on on Friday we haven't we haven't actually gone out just the two of us without children and since before the pandemic maybe but um i made a post about it but my error is the fact that i called it a, a date lunch as the title <laughs> I, I, so I, you you I, enjoyed some so dates long. yes yes exactly it's been so long that i've that we've gone out for a lunch date i don't even know what they call it uh, uh anymore see. so that, that's my error for the week anyway uh, so I'll, I'll let you go ahead yeah be- before i get to my home run actually uh i i was uh i did have a question for you about your holiday movies that I, f- I forgot to ask. Oh, okay. It didn't occur to me. Do you have the movie The Holiday on your list? Um, no. Uh, it's, that, uh, that, is that the one with Jack Kate, Black and Cameron Diaz? Yeah, and Kate Winslet, Jude Law, um, yeah. and so we had to, Eli we had to, Wallach. Eli Wallach, is that the guy that invented the cotton gin? No, no. He's, uh, he's most famous for uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, okay, um, but he's, um, it's a very good movie, and you could probably watch it at the near closer to New Year's because it kind of happens in between Christmas and New Year's. Okay, because another movie that happens between Christmas and New Year's that we like to watch is The Apartment. Ah, okay. uh, the Apartment is a good movie. I I like yeah. that one. Um, just to, to close off on the holiday, it actually the the final scene in the movie is I believe New Year's Eve. So you could you could make that a. You could probably throw that in there somewhere if you needed an extra movie. Mm-hmm. Well, New Year's Eve, we generally put uh, When Harry Met Sally these the past uh, little while. That's a and good New Year's Eve. Haven't movie. seen that one. Uh, so my home run, though, is uh, we've got a lot of TV and movie-related stuff, but my home run is that Star Trek Discovery is back on TV. And I've only, so there's only one episode out, and we saw that. We watched it last night, Friday. No. Friday night. Today's Sunday. We watched it Friday night. And uh, so far, the first episode in, it's it's definitely an improvement on season three. Uh, but it's also a home run because a lot of our regular shows are on their, uh, they had their fall finale, as they call it. So we're waiting for the new year for new episodes. So uh, we're going to have some discovery at least once a week for the next several, little bit so that we have a new show to watch in between our regular stuff. And uh, okay, yeah, I highly recommend it. If you don't, if you haven't watched it, you don't need to know off, very much. I fell off the wagon on 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 that one, or I don't know what the correct terminology would be. But I you, I, I felt like the storyline was just getting away from them, so I, I just well, kind of stopped watching. If you start with season four and watch the last time on Star Trek Discovery, it'll catch you up just well enough to to be caught up. I don't think you need to watch previous seasons to catch up on season four. I see. Um, yeah, I, I started watching uh, on Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called, uh, The Shrink Next Door, which is a pretty interesting one. I, it actually is based on a podcast, which I actually just am, am almost all the way through as well. So that's an interesting one with Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. So that's that's a cool show to watch. But uh, my my home run for the week are Flu Shot Band Aids. Um, they're 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 
quite uh, a good Band-Aid, I want to say, because they have stuck to Leo's arm since Tuesday when we gave him the, the flu shot, and he does not want to take it off. And uh, they're, 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 the, the adhesive quality of the glue on flu shot Band-Aids, maybe it's because we got it at a doctor's office and it was it's medical grade. But I just uh, they're 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 quite uh, strong. They, they, well, they, so they you know now perform. that if he doesn't want to take it off, you're going to have to start like a sticker book or something so that he can keep it if he likes it that much. Well, he's going to take it off because he's getting a bath today, so that's going to uh, soak off in the water. I'm, I'm I'm hoping, but you never know. This this glue is just 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 won't quit. Well, um, I think that's pretty much the rest of our notes. I did add one note to the end of this while we were talking earlier, and it's just a quick one. It's a podcast recommendation for you. Uh, oh, is this the, 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 the Dateline one? Yes. I had never heard of it. I was just <laughs> – so just really quick, I – I because of my vacation, I caught up on a lot of my podcast listening, and I I also unsubscribed from a bunch of podcasts to clear up my list. But um, I decided, well, I'll, I'll find out what's uh, what's recommended and what other people are listening to. So I went to the Discover section of my app, and this was one of the ones that came up, and it sounded interesting. So it's called The Thing About Helen and Olga. So it's Dateline. It's a true crime. It's about uh, so so far, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's actually a murder case is it like they murdering on the highway or something well like that? It's, it's uh these two women provide uh shelter and food for homeless people and they take out insurance policies on them and they've ended up you know run over by a car so it's it hasn't i don't think they've made the case exactly that it it's actually murder but it's definitely insurance fraud um but uh it's it's interesting. I, I like the presentation of it because it's it's while it's true crime, it's not like depressing sounding true crime like you get with a lot of podcasts. Because that's why I don't normally yeah because, listen to because true insurance crime fraud podcasts. on homeless people insurance fraud on homeless people and and murder is definitely not uh, depressing. Well, it's it's more like the the presentation is you can you get the seriousness of the subject without you know uh, like it's, I, it's jaunty. Maybe it's, it's the, jaunty. I would call it. Well, Keith Morris is the, or is it Morrison? I, I think it's Morris. Morrison. I think. Yeah, he his presentation is is uh, he has a very friendly voice. I think I like the best. The way thing to put it. about murder is that these yeah. people are truly evil. <laughs> but it's it's uh, I don't know. Like I, I think a lot of true crime podcasts are really like they tend to be on the more serious side, and they I, I think um, when we were talking about uh, only murders in the building, like what they kind of make fun of is, is what I don't like about a lot of true crime podcasts. So this was a bit of a refreshing take on the concept. And I probably won't listen to any more beyond this because it's not my favorite genre, but uh, I, it, it's a, it's a recommend for me. And I think it's only six episodes. I've only listened to three okay. or four. Well, I was, uh, I, I heard They're like the half an hour. One. I heard the ads for this one while I was listening to the Shrink Next Door podcast. So that's how I know about this yeah. one. I, I, but I've, I've kind of like skipped through those ads. But I, I would recommend if you're like this is is not a murder podcast. This is a, I, I don't even know if it's I guess it's more of a, a, a medical malpractice podcast. But the Shrink Next Door is actually a, a good uh, listen. It was released, I guess, two years ago. And the, and the show just came out now. But it's it's an interesting podcast to listen huh. to. All right. I'll, I'll see if I can I can find it. We'll see. All right. I'll send you the link. Send you the link. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's it for these last two weeks, uh, I guess. Uh, oh, there, there. One more thing. Speaking of, I'm not going to be here two weeks from now. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll make it three weeks from now because there we we can talk about the stuff that hasn't happened because of the CBA agreement. <laughs> okay, so, sure. We'll call it, we'll call it three weeks from now. So uh, we'll see you in a fortnight plus seven days. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.